Hello and welcome to the next episode of the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times. My name is Peter Morden and I'm from Cornerstone Baptist Church in Leeds. Today's episode is entitled Out with the Old and we're looking again at Galatians chapter 5 verses 13 to 26 with a special focus on verse 20. We pray together. Lord, today we pray that you would help us to look up your word and then let it into our lives and then live it out in the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So once again, the reading Galatians 5, verses 13 to 26. Crucial words which take us to the very heart of what it means to live by the Holy Spirit. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Well, out with the old. And so we think about leaving the old ways behind and do so in a little bit more detail today. And we see that we are to apply the gospel to our lives and to recognise that our old self is crucified with Christ on the cross. 
A little illustration comes to mind. In the programme Star Trek The Next Generation, Jean-Luc Picard, the commander, used to regularly turn to his first officer and say, make it so, number one. He might have given an order, they might have discussed a certain plan or strategy, and once they had made the decision, he would turn to the first officer and say, make it so, number one, put it into practice. This is the plan, this is the decision, this is the order, now carry it out. Think about that and apply it to what God is saying to us here. We have the gospel, Jesus died and rose, and we are to apply it to our lives. Our old self is crucified with Christ, And God says, make it so in your daily life. Your old way, your sins, they are are left behind. Jesus died for them. Now make it so in the way that you live. And also the positive is true. Jesus has risen again to give you new life and a new lifestyle. So now make it so in your life day by day. Here are the orders. Here are the instructions. Here is the way of living. Now apply it to your life. Make it so day after day. How might this work in practice? I want to make this real. And so just to focus on one characteristic of the old way of life, and the one that I've lighted upon is selfish ambition. We live in a dog-eat-dog world, and so this is highly, highly relevant. So many people are consumed by selfish ambition. And yet the Apostle Paul says we have died to this, and we live to God. This is part of the old way of life. Leave it behind. And so we apply the gospel to our daily living. But can we say more as we think about this? Yes, I think we can. Let's ask the deeper question. Why are people pursuing selfish ambitions for selfish gain? Why do people do that? Why do we do that sometimes? There are a number of reasons. It might be issues of security. Someone might say, well, I need enough financially to be secure, me and my family, and so I'm going to pursue my ambitions so that I gain enough wealth to be secure. So it may be issues of security that lead someone to selfish ambition. On the other hand, it may be issues of self-worth. Someone else might say, I need a job which gives me power so that people look up to me. It may be approval. It may be that someone says, essentially, my self-worth comes from people thinking well of me, admiring what I've achieved. We could go on. We need to ask these deeper questions. If we have a sinful habit, why is it that we are trapped in it? And the wonderful, wonderful thing is that when we apply the gospel to our lives, it releases us from the need to sin. It cuts sin at the root. So just thinking again about this sin of selfish ambition, we think of security. Well, we have this in the gospel. And so we don't need to search for other securities. We are secure in our relationship with Christ. And so the sin of selfish ambition is cut away at the root. Self-worth, 
Well, in the gospel, we can see ourselves as God sees us, deeply loved. And so we can have wonderful self-worth. Again, sin is cut at the root. If we are seeking approval through our selfish ambition, well, in the gospel, we see that God couldn't love us any more than he does that every bead of sweat, that every drop of blood that fell from the cross had our names written on it. Why do we need to seek anyone else's approval? Why do we need to boost in some artificial way our self-worth? Why do we need any more security than what we already have? We have it all in the gospel. And so when we think in this way, As I've said, sin is cut at the root. The power of sin is broken. We deal not with the symptom of sin, but with the root cause of sin. And so we apply the gospel to our way of life. It's out with the old, and as we're going to see more tomorrow, it's in with the new. It may be that you have an issue with selfish ambition and that this reflection speaks directly to you. But it may be that you have an issue with one of the other sins that's on the list. Think of what is in the, at the root of that. Maybe insecurities that you have, maybe something in your past life, your relationship with your father, your mother, experiences that you've been through. What is at the root of your desire to sin? And then reflect on the gospel and apply the gospel to your situation, to your case. And you will see that the gospel cuts the power of sin at its very roots diagnoses your sin on a deep level, dealing not just with the symptoms, but with the cause. Apply the gospel to your way of life and say, out with the old and in with the new. Let's come to God in prayer. Lord, we all have habits that are deeply ingrained and they are sinful habits and Lord we want to confess them to you and particularly now we confess the areas where we know that we're weak and we slip back into sin whatever it may be whatever it is on this list that particularly hits home to us we thank you that the gospel covers it all that the power of the cross applied to our hearts by the Holy Spirit is more than sufficient for all of our sin. Thank you for your incredible, amazing forgiveness. Thank you that you know all about us and you love us the same. And Lord, we pray that you would free us from our sin, that you would help us to apply the gospel, not just to the symptom of sin, but to its root cause, that its power might be broken. Lord, help us to reflect on these things deeply and widely. And may we be transformed, may we be changed more and more into the likeness of your Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.